Welcome back to another episode of Hacking Normal. My name is John Stevenow, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about the seven challenges that I have had to overcome or have had to help other people overcome when it comes to working from home. Now, just to give you a quick overview of what those seven are before you jump into the podcast, the first is make sure that it's legal to work from home or do the type of work from home that you want to do. There's some zoning restrictions and possible HOA issues that you need to address before you commit to moving yourself to an at-home office. The second is make sure you have the insurance to cover anything you're going to do in the household. If you're keeping inventory or people coming to your house, your regular homeowner's policy may not cover all the possible situations that go th- could possibly come about by working from home. Three, make sure you're taking care of your tax bill. This is a huge thing that can come back and bite you in the ass. Make sure that you're doing it right. You can also do great little deductions with your work-from-home office. Find a tax professional to make sure that you're taking care of your taxes. Number four is get comfy. Get an atmosphere that makes you the most productive person you can be. Number five, establish boundaries between yourself and the people who may interrupt you in your work from home situation. Number six is make sure that you have accountable or accountability systems with technology to make sure that you're doing the work that you need to be doing. It's very easy to get distracted. It's very easy to get lost in social media. Make sure that that doesn't happen. Utilize technology to better yourself and to make sure that you're not your own worst enemy. And lastly, number seven, find a way to connect with people either at your company, random people on the street, or people who have a similar hobby or interest that you do. If you don't do that, I promise you'll fall into isolation and possibly have problems with depression and ineffectiveness when it comes to your work. So let's get into it. In this episode of Hacking Normal, we are going to talk about the seven challenges to working from home and and kind of give you some ideas on how to overcome those seven kind of major challenges. These seven challenges have come about mainly because of some of the questions that I have received from people who I've talked about working from home, as well as my own experience uh, when it comes to operating from an at-home office or from a Starbucks, essentially anything outside of the the traditional office environment. So the question really is, you're thinking about working from home, you know, it doesn't matter if you're trying to add a second job or even a third job to your list of job responsibilities, or, or maybe your company is forcing you to begin telecommuting because they're trying to do a new innovative cost-saving measure, Um, or you're going to be someone who's starting your own company. Um, You're really trying to regain control of your life and kind of do a quote-unquote restart. These seven challenges are going to be something that are probably going to come up at some point during your exploration into working from home. There are lots of benefits that come from working from home. Um, A couple of them are, you know, you don't have to commute anymore, so you don't have to wait around in traffic or get up a lot uh, earlier than you would like to. Um, You can set your own schedule, which is really important. You can choose to work from 7 to 9 in the morning, take a three-hour break, and then work from, you know, 2 to 7 o'clock at night. Or you could get up at 4.30 in the morning and work till noon and be done for the day. Whatever your schedule is or that you'd like it to be, you have that opportunity. But working from home does have its challenges. While the benefits are vast and everybody has those certain things that they like, for me, when it comes to working from home, I have the ability to control my time and location. Those are my two biggest things. Um, Those are my big reasons why I really like working from home. 
But the point of this podcast is to point out two major areas that people do have questions in and that need to be addressed. And those two major areas are the legal and personal side of working from home. So the first three items on this seven item list are going to pertain to the legal aspect of it. And then the last four are going to be more on the personal side. So number one is make sure that it's even legal to work from home uh, with whatever business that you're doing. Not all activities from a, a home office are going to be legal. That has to do with zoning laws or HOA uh, rules. You just need to make sure that when you are going to work from home, you've addressed all the possible legal situations. There's a lady named Barbara Weltman. She's a tax and business attorney, um, author of J.K. Lasser's Small Business Taxes, and she's the president of an organization called Big Ideas for Small Businesses. And she says that there may be zoning restrictions imposed by your city or your homeowners association. Um, If you're going to have a lot of clients come to your home or you're going to be doing some manufacturing at your home, there may be a problem where what you're doing and what is permitted in your area kind of clash and butt heads. So her advice is to check your municipality or homeowners association agreement to see whether or not even the work you're doing is permissible in that particular zone. Outside of that, when it comes to legal things, a lot of people who work from home are mainly going to be doing things over the internet. If you have an online business, you're probably taking orders or answering emails or doing support stuff over the internet, and you don't need to worry about having these zoning laws kind of taken effect because most of the time, if you have anything manufactured, it's probably drop shipped and done somewhere else. So that moves us to the second challenge that you may need to have uh, have to overcome. And that is you may need to purchase extra insurance. If you're starting your own business, this is a really big deal um, because you don't want to make the assumption that your homeowner's insurance or your renter's policy is going to cover what you're doing for work. Again, the lady Barbara Weltman says that um, if your homeowner's, if you are depending on your homeowner's policy, your renter's insurance, you may find that if someone has a problem or you have something burned down or something breaks or someone gets injured, your personal policy may have an exclusion in it for businesses, specifically for businesses with guests or property requirements. For example, property requirements would be if you have inventory in your home, um, your policy for your personal home may not cover that. But this is not a huge deal. A simple call to your insurance agency may solve this problem. Oftentimes, it's just a simple rider that needs to be added on to your coverage, and that will adequately cover your business. Um, The new policy will obviously cost more because you're covering more things. I mean, that's just a fact of life. Bigger expenses comes with more coverage. But that new cost will definitely uh, vary depending on what type of business you'll be operating out of your home. It may just be an extra 100 bucks a month, or it could be thousands of dollars, again, depending on the type of business. If you only have business visitors occasionally, uh, Barbara also says that an adjustment to your homeowner's policy may be the suitable thing for you. But if you're having people in and out every day or lots of inventory, an additional rider may not provide a dollar amount sufficient enough to cover any possible issues. And you'll probably want to get a separate business policy. So number three is taxes. There's damn taxes everybody has to pay. If you aren't working as an employee for an established business, we need to make sure that you're handling your tax bill appropriately. Depending on whether you're setting yourself up as a freelancer or a contractor, you need to make sure that you're paying all sides of your employment tax. 
what a lot of people who do freelancing and contracting, essentially doing their own small business, kind of forget to do is plan for the reality of taxes. So to save yourself some trouble, take the time to find a competent accountant or tax professional to make sure that you're paying your fair share of taxes. Make sure your accountant knows that you're working from home specifically because they can also help you, which is something that you might not be able to figure out on your own or a quick Google search may not answer all the questions you might have. They might also be able to help you apply deductions to your tax bill by writing things off, such as your home office or any other expenses you're going to incur uh, while operating from your home. Now, the Internal Revenue Service Office has two ways you can claim a home office. The first is a regular method, which involves figuring out what percentage of your home is used for your business and then apportioning deductible expenses accordingly. That's a complex definition. Reach out to a tax professional, accountant. They can help you figure that out. The second way is you can use the simplified method by claiming a $5 per square foot business use of your home. And that can be up to 300 square feet, essentially an office. So those are the big three to really think about at the beginning. First, is it even legal for you to be there? Second, do you have the insurance to cover any possible problems or things that could happen to your inventory or your business? And then the last one is make sure you're paying your taxes so there's no major repercussions that come in the future. So number four, getting into the personal side now, the biggest challenge that I think I've ever had to overcome was getting just purely comfortable in my space. You know, after you've figured out all the legal pieces for your work from home situation, you know, it's time to look at the atmosphere. For me, the goal is to always have a well-equipped area with little to no distractions. And when I mean well-equipped, I mean I'm having everything I need to do my business. I've got my, my computer, I've got headphones, I've got food, water, I've got printers, I've got devices, I've got books that I need to research. All the things that I would need to operate the business that I'm running or to do the job that I've been hired to do within some kind of easy to reach distance for me. I don't want to have to go to another room, go to another location to do the job that I need to do. That's just distractions and it makes me less effective and less efficient and less efficacious when it comes to my job. Working from home can be extremely difficult because of those nagging distractions. Um, One of my biggest problems when I first started working from home was controlling, I say controlling, finding a way to quiet the dogs that I own. And randomly they'd start barking and whining and want attention and I had to be able to figure out, okay, how can I get them to be quiet and happy throughout the day? You know, mixes of bones and being able to just go in and out by opening the back door with a into a fenced area. They didn't need my constant attention when things like they need to go to the bathroom or they were hungry or wanted to play. They had all those things because I provided that for them. Now, other people may have things that are more homebody-esque where they're wanting to do their laundry while they're working or they need to clean the house while they're working. We need to make sure that those types of things aren't distracting us and we do them when we're not, quote-unquote, at work. I strove to have my space completely separate or at least having a faux separation from my living environment, meaning I don't have my office in my bedroom. I don't have my office in the kitchen. I don't have my office in the family room. I set up an area that is either detached from a house or detached from my living space that is solely meant for work. And that's a double-sided coin here. I only work in this space. That means when I'm not at work, I don't come in here to check email. I don't come in here to do research on the internet. 
I don't come in here to work on support tasks. I leave it alone when I'm not supposed to be working and instead I'm supposed to be living my life. So a couple of questions I like to ask when I'm trying to resituate myself after like a move or things that you could ask yourself as you're coming into the spaces, you know, one, does my space need to have the ability for move or, to move around? Do I need certain equipment in my room? Do I need to keep snacks in my office? Am I someone who wants to have something to eat while I'm working or to, to drink? Do I need noise canceling headphones? Are there other people who will be going in and out of my space while I'm working? Should I use a traditional desk or chair or something more modern like a stand-up desk? These are all, I think, pretty good questions to ask yourself prior to moving into a space and just trying to go from there. The core part of these questions is to essentially ask yourself, how can I be hyperproductive? What would you need around you to remove all sorts of distractions, you know, such as leaving the room or getting a document that you printed off in a printer in another part of the house? And do you have everything you need to answer any questions you may have or complete any tasks that may come across your desk. So number five is establishing boundaries. When we start working from home, suddenly family can start getting in the way if you have family. I'm fortunate enough to not have this problem. I kind of live on my own and I don't have any kids. My biggest thing is the, the animals that I have to deal with. So my work schedule can't actually get interrupted by family members who, hey, let's get lunch, or hey, you know, I want your attention for something, or can you look at this, look what I made, you know, there's there's no interruptions like that. But if you don't have that luxury, you need to set boundaries for your family. And unfortunately, there's no such thing as a perfect 50-50 split between work and your personal life. You may find that some days work takes up 95% of your focus and effort, and some days family gets to take 95% of your work and your effort. And I think that's great. And that's one of the benefits of working from home. Some days the workload is really light. Some days it's really heavy. But it doesn't matter what type of day you're having, you get to decide your schedule. Now, what's important to remember is that the other people in your family need to know that when you are working, they are not to disturb you. This isn't because you want to be a dick. This isn't because you don't love them or that you don't want them to be around you. They need to understand that because you love them, you need to not be bothered while working. Now, I always put a caveat to that, which is if there is an actual reason, like an emergency, if someone split their head open, obviously come in, tell me, show me, I'll stop what I'm doing to help you out there. But if it's not an emergency, not high priority, then I need to be left alone. Um, I have a short anecdote on that, which is, you know, when I was a kid, uh, I got exposed to what a work from home life was like. Um, my dad, I think, was one of the innovators or early adopters of this working from home situation, and he ran his business out of the basement of our house. He headed down around 7 a.m. to start setting up for calls he was going to make for the day and would only come up to eat lunch or to get my sister and myself off the bus. Now, when we were children, my sister and I, when we were home, maybe for a snow day or a summer break, we weren't allowed to go into the basement, Period. If we went down there, we were quiet and we would grab whatever we wanted to and we would leave. If we tried to get my dad's attention at all, he would throw pens at us from across the room until we left. Now, he wasn't trying to be, like I said, a jerk or a dick or anything like that. In fact, you know, when we think back about it, we laugh and think it's hilarious because we kind of have the same situations. Like when someone interrupts me while I'm working, I want to throw pens at them, not because I want to hurt them, 
It's because they're interrupting my space and I'm that's me giving a signal of get out. Now, what I didn't realize back then and I do now is that he was trying to set a boundary with us. He had already vocalized the boundary. He and my mom were very adamant about telling us not to go down and disturb him while he was working. But for some reason, kids in their all-knowing wisdom think that they can bend and break the rules whenever they want to. So when we would go down there, he would lovingly remind us and throw a pen. My sister and I, and now I have a little brother as well, but my sister and I, when we kind of reminisce on this stuff, we always kind of come to the conclusion that he wasn't saying, I hate you, I don't want to see you. He was saying, I love you, but you're not welcome here while I'm working because I'm working to give you a better life. And now we understand that. And we are appreciative of all the things he did in order to take care of us and provide for us all the wonderful things that we had growing up, all the vacations and presents and toys and opportunities to do hobbies and group activities. Those were all great, but they were only capable or possible because of the boundaries he was setting for us when he was working from home. It's very important to train the people around you to understand that how you work from home affects their life. You need to be prepared to schedule things that are inconvenient for maybe some of the people in your life. With that inconvenient scheduling, you also had the flexibility to schedule things conveniently. If your child has a dentist appointment they need to go to, you're able to do that without taking any time off of work. And that's great. But your family also needs to realize that not everything they do is going to be given the highest priority. So plan ahead for both personal and business tasks so that everyone knows when and when you're not available. Number six is creating accountability through technology. As strange as it may sound, technology is probably going to be your biggest obstacle to overcome. It's so easy in today's world to get lost in your social media or your your favorite news outlet. I highly suggest that the first thing you do when you set up your work from home situation is to install a social media and website blocker, preferably one that activates during the times of day that you need to be productive. Now, I realize that some people may work from home using social media, like one of the jobs I've done in the past is a social media manager. I needed access to Facebook. Now, I had to be a little bit more strict on myself and I had to hold myself accountable because I needed access to those things. But if you don't need access to them, block them. There's no reason to even give yourself the temptation. On top of that, your phone. I highly recommend that you get some type of second phone, whether it's a landline or a cheap uh, Google phone or something like that, or even a voice over IP phone. That's much better than having your cell phone or your everyday phone next to you. Now, when it comes to accountability through technology, technology doesn't always have to be a hindrance. For instance, if you have employees, if uh, if you're a business owner, or you're a sole operation, there's plenty of task management platforms out there for you. One of the ones I use frequently is Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. With Trello, I can create essentially little boards of activity. As things roll in, I create new ones that go into the need-to-be-done column, and as I work on them, I move them through the different stages. So in progress, complete, in review, or whatever it happens to be. That's really helpful for me to make sure that I don't forget anything and that I make sure that I'm meeting the demands of my clients or companies that I'm working for. Secondly, if you're an employee somewhere or you have employees, staying in constant communication is tempting, 
not necessarily always something you need to do, but having the systems in place to be in communication when need be is fantastic. So one of the most popular systems for that is Slack. Um, Slack is a great messaging system. It's a great way to categorize people by marketing sales or product development or whatever it is you want to categorize your business by and have certain people be able to connect with each other on top of that another great one is just skype or, or google plus chat or something like that just any possible way for them to communicate with you in a simple easy way that doesn't have you going from system to system that's number six accountability through technology now the last thing to cover number seven is finding a way to connect outside of the work environment working from home is extremely freeing I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's completely changed my life, but there's the one major downfall, and that is isolation. It is so easy to wall yourself away from the community, from society, and become essentially a hermit. To prevent that, I highly suggest that you find a hobby, find a community, find an activity, find something that forces you to be in touch with other people. In order to prevent isolation in the work-from-home environment, make it a goal to do some kind of outside activity, not just outside in the outdoors, but outside your home, outside of your work environment activity at least three times a week. For me, I've even kind of narrowed it down to where I do an outside activity six to seven times a week for my own social life. And then on top of that, I get my office experience out of the house at least two to three times a week. And that's about it. I mean, those are the seven things. So just to give a quick recap of those, you know, first it was make sure it's legal. Second, make sure that you have the proper insurance to cover yourself if need be. Three, if you're starting your own business or doing freelancing or contracting, make sure you're paying your taxes. Four, get comfy. Make an atmosphere that you know you will thrive in. Five, establish boundaries with the people around you. Make sure that they're not interrupting you and you're able to get the work that you need done, done. Six, make sure that you put systems in place to keep you accountable, specifically in technology. It can be a great help, but it can also be a great hindrance. Utilize things that make you the most productive and take away distractions. And lastly, number seven, find a way to connect with work people random people, or other people who are interested in the hobbies that you want to do. Do not become an isolated hermit that can't interact with society. Outside of that, enjoy your work from home situation. It's an amazing experience, I promise.